Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Dr. Kristen Willemeyer with us, and we're talking about her book that has just come out called Biohack Your Brain. Kristen, let's talk about memory in the brain for a moment. What creates memory anyway? Ah, what, what a great question. What creates memory? So when we learn things during the day, it goes into our short-term memory. And when we sleep at night, this is why sleep is so important, those short-term memories get consolidated um, and encoded into long-term memories and then get stored throughout the brain. So there's a really important sort of key area of the brain called the hippocampus. Uh, the hippocampus is the area of the brain that is essential to encoding those memories. So when we think about wanting to protect our brain and protect our cognitive health, you're going to hear a lot of people talk about wanting to protect the hippocampus and to keep the volume of the hippocampus uh, large as we age. Why do some people have great memories, other people don't? And here's an example. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was somebody that uh, I know that, uh, you know, he was talking about something and he said, I got to look it up on, uh, on the Internet. And uh, two minutes later, he forgot what he was going to look up on the Internet. How does that happen? And I think it's probably happened to all of us at some point in our lives. Well, first I would say, you know, is he distracted? Like at this, at this point in time, you know, we're all going through COVID and we're stressed and we have a lot of stress. You're not always focused. So I think people who are able to have great attention spans and are able to have sustained attention tend to have better memories. Um, but, but, but memory is so complex. So there's so many factors that can impact it. Um, for example, if you have diabetes, midlife hypertension, obesity, if you smoke, um, if you struggle with depression, if you're cognitively inactive, so if you just don't do stimulating activities to keep the brain sharp, um, and if you don't move or exercise, all of those things um, can lead to decrements in our memory. So, Interesting. Yeah, they're all important. I know you talk about this a lot on your show with pharmacist Ben, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in the doc. So I think for people, if they really want to keep their memory sharp, you know, it's important. You know, if you have diabetes, you know, 27, 29 million people have diabetes, 85 million pre-diabetes. you got to get the diabetes treated because literally this is starving the brain of nutrients. Oh, well, how many people, for example, are introduced to somebody and they forget their name, you know, the minute they walk away? Oh, do you, wanna, do you want a little trick on how to remember somebody's name? Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> so what's interesting about that is if you're not focused, like when you meet somebody, if you're not what we would say in present time consciousness, really focused on that person, you know, it's fleeting, right? It goes into your short-term memory and goes right, right out you, the door. You hear their voice, but you're not really registering. Correct. So what you have to do is play a little game. Um, so, for example, I live in a high-rise here in Century City, and there's 400 people that live in the building. And so th there's a lot of people, a lot of names to know. Uh, when I go out and walk Oscar, uh, there's a couple, Rich and Diane. When I first met Rich, the first thing I thought of when I saw him was, a bag of money. I know that sounds crazy, but it's like, <laughs> okay, that's I'm going to remember rich. And then when I see Diana, I think of Princess Diana. Every time I see them, I can just go to the memory. So what I do is create um, some sort of visual in my mind because the mind is really all about visual imagery. 
Um, so if when you meet somebody, you can sort of create a visual image that associates that name with that vision, you will remember it. Nothing impresses a person more than when you meet them the second time and you remember who they are. You are absolutely right. You are absolutely right. And people right. know if you know their name. They do. I mean, because most of the time, if somebody comes up and you don't remember their name, it's, hey, how, how are you? Good to see you again. But if you know their name, it's, hey, Bill, good to see you again. Well, that actually shows that you, you care, you're focused. I mean, how many people are attentive listeners? Not a lot of people. So it shows that somebody actually cares to remember their name. And if you use that little trick and you associate that person with um, – either, again, a vision, a, sort of a visual with that. So if somebody met me, Kristen, and wanted to remember my name, they could think of Christmas, crystals, like anything that has the Chris in it. I've got a little 15-month great-grandchild. Okay. Her name's Mila, and she is as sharp as a tack. I can already tell the girl's going to be brilliant. I mean, she just she's doing things at that age that is amazing. You can watch her little brain work. You're watching the brain grow. And, I know and you're watching. It, but when they're babies at about that age, how good is their their brain for memory and things like that? Well, you, so the brain is going through this process of development, rapid growth from you know from birth all the way to age 25, and. The, the most accelerated period of growth is literally between ages zero and five. So, you know, you're watching the development of this little mind, right? Exploring the environment um, and taking on all this information. And they're taking in information. It's like this, the brain is a sensory processing organ. So it's taking in everything in its environment and going into that, not just the conscious mind, but the subconscious mind. Tell me about dementia. Exactly what is it? What causes it? Oh, you want, you want to know about dementia? That's a good topic. Uh, so, Wait a minute. I just forgot. What did I just ask? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so uh, dementia is just, um, dementia is talking about uh, what happens when you are losing memory. It's funny, as, I, as I'm talking to you, Oscar just distracted me. Uh, I thought something was going on in that place. Yes, my little child here. Um, Put him on the ear with us. Does he bark? He he does. He's actually being quite uh, quiet. So dementia is just a general uh, term for loss of memory, uh, language issues, or problem solving that can interfere with your quality of life. So um, with Alzheimer's disease, usually... Uh, 60% of those cases are related to dementia. Now, what will kill you, dementia or Alzheimer's? Well, <laughs> you actually, they don't kill you, per se. Um, they don't shut your systems down or anything like that? Well, as you age, they can. Um, you know, I, I know you had uh, pharmacist Ben on talking about what happens as people age and have dementia. Sometimes they stop eating. Mm -hmm. um, and, and those things can actually lead to uh, people passing away. What are some of your favorite foods to kind of prevent those things happening? So one of my favorite foods are uh, blueberries. So berries are, any kind of berries, blueberries, raspberries, strawberries, um, are essential to protecting brain health. They are loaded with flavonoids, which can actually,
actually cross the blood-brain barrier and protect your neurons from dying. So that's really important. So blackberries, raspberries, all the same? Blackberries, raspberries, they all have a really high um, antioxidant potential. So that helps to protect the cells of your brain. And Harvard did a fascinating longitudinal study um, over the course of 20 years in 16,000 people showing that um, people who consumed blueberries at least three times a week had slower cognitive aging by as much as two and a half years. Wow, that's a lot when you get up there in age. No, it's really impressive. So just thinking about the daily habits that you have, um, consuming the berries is really important in protecting your cognitive health. I am convinced, Kristen, that people who work longer and don't retire have more sharper brains and live longer than people who retire. Am Am I right? Absolutely. So working is a cognitively stimulating activity. You know, whether you're reading, um, you know, having meetings with people, just keeping yourself mentally challenged is really important for brain growth. There's something called neuroplasticity, um, which is when the brain is making new connections. So when you're learning through work, you're stimulating neuroplasticity. Um, And then there's also neurogenesis when you're growing new brain cells, particularly in that region we talked about called the hippocampus, which is important for learning and memory. So that's why working is so important because it stimulates both the neuroplasticity and the neurogenesis. Okay, great. Well, I'm going to bring in Tom for a second, our producer. And, And this is what I told him years ago. This is how I want to go. I, I, I don't want to retire. When I first got this job almost 19 years ago, I figured I'm going to retire around December 21st, 2012, the Mayan calendar end date. It's a perfect time to go out. Once I got to that date and I'm still kicking along, I'm going, I'm not going to retire. I'm having too much fun. I like this. But I told Tom how it's going to be. So I want you to imagine for a second, Kristen, we're in a commercial break, right? Yes. And you're hearing a commercial, as you just did. And then we come out of the commercial to Tom. Go ahead, Tom. Well, I first have to say that I'm glad that you think you're going before me. No offense. (laughs) But uh, it's going to depend on the situation and how you go. But basically, I'm going to run in there and I'm going to go, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm going to explain what happened to George, if he, whether he fell or what he did. And I'm going to, if we're depending on the timing, if we're in the middle of a segment, I'll probably take it to the break or else we'll just go straight to a commercial, probably to a commercial because we're all going to be bawling and calling 911 and that and so forth. But we do have a little plan, I must say. You have, you guys have actually planned this. We, yes. we planned this. <laughs> this, oh is, this. This is the way I want to go. George, I w- you're going to continue working until your last breath? Yep, that's now, right. George, uh, we haven't planned if I go, though. <laughs> no, that's going to be that's going to be sad. That's going to be sad for me because you've been my right hand for all these years. Yeah, you'll be celebrating. And, uh, but uh, your replacement is outside the door right yeah, now. Yeah, waiting exactly. To come in. Producers are a dime a dozen. Thanks. All right, Aww. thanks. Yeah, but that's that's the plan. But but I'm convinced. My father retired from the Ford Motor Company. He was a financial analyst at 60. They had a program called 60 and Out, and he wanted early retirement. He still got a portion of his salary. But but I saw him kind of, he lived until he was 88, Wow! but I saw him wither away when he retired because he didn't do much. 
you know, he loved his family, and that was that was what he did. Right. But in terms of activity and keeping busy, and he wasn't into golfing or sports or anything like that. I saw him for 28 years just kind of there. Well, and, and, and I don't want that to happen purpose. to me. Yeah, it gives us a sense of purpose, like you said, during coronavirus. Like, this is the one thing that really brings you joy. You love coming into work, connecting with your audience, teaching people new things. So I, I think you should keep going. What are three popular myths about the brain that you want to debunk? Oh, I love the brain myth question. So first of all, and I know I've been talking about the, um, the hippocampus a lot. So one common myth is that the adult brain cannot grow new brain cells. Um, but the truth is that we can grow new brain cells from adolescence into adulthood. They used to tell us that if you had a glass of uh, wine or a, yeah. a glass of beer, it would kill your brain cells. Right. Well, it, it will short-circuit the connections between them, and it's not so great for your liver. <laughs> but the brain can grow new brain cells, again, in that area of the, the brain I was talking about called the hippocampus. And why is that so important? Because this is the region of the brain where we take our short-term memories that we learn during the day, consolidate them into the long-term memories that we can keep for a lifetime. So we want to make sure that we protect that region of the brain. But I think what's really exciting for people is to understand that we can grow new brain cells as we age. All right, that's one myth. What's another? So another myth, I think you'll appreciate this, is that multitasking, so people think multitasking is a way for the brain to be more organized and efficient. Mm -hmm. But truth be told, the human brain is incapable of focusing on two things at once. Really? So, I love multitasking. I'm sure, I think we all think we do, right? So multitasking... Well, I'm doing another radio show while I'm talking to you, I don't, but nobody knows. No, I'm kidding, but I do like multitasking. Yeah, well, multitasking is essentially just switching our attention between two tasks. So when we, quote, multitask, we're decreasing our brain's ability to maintain focus and sustained attention, which reduces our cognitive proficiency and reaction time. And the perfect example is if we're driving and trying to text or look at our phone, right? That's dangerous. Well, that's dangerous. Well, that, that's exactly it. That's the perfect example of why we really can't multitask. If you want to focus, you have to do one thing at a time and do it well. Well, is multitasking, though, let's say you're in a meeting, you got some people in your office, somebody else calls for something else, you talk to him, you talk to them, you can do that, can't you? You can do that, but if you want to be, a, if you want your brain to be at its most proficient, you sort of focus on the singular task. So say you were trying to do some sort of work on your computer, and then, you know, a little beep goes off on your phone, and you decide to look at that, you get distracted, then you go back to what you're working on the yeah. computer, but you, you then have to refocus. So I think the important part for people to know is if you really want to get things done, you want to improve your sustained focus and try not to do as much multitasking. And what about the third myth? Third myth. So, and I'm sure you've heard this, we only use 10% of our brain. I hear this all the time. I know. But the truth is we use all of our brain and it is continually active when we are awake as well as when we are sleeping. And in fact, our brain works just as hard when we are asleep as when we are awake you know, performing essential housekeeping functions like clearing abnormally folded proteins that can lead to Alzheimer's 
And again, I talked about consolidating the short-term memories to long-term memories, as well as helping us to regulate our emotions. So not only do we use 100% of our brain all of the time, it is very active while we are sleeping. And I know, I think your next segment is discussing dreams. Yep. Yeah, so. Absolutely. I listen to a lot of Frank Sinatra songs. Oh, I love Frank Sinatra. Th- this guy at his peak could remember hundreds of songs. How in the world does the brain allow you to do that? That's because the songs are tied to emotion. So when we tie a memory to something that hits uh, the emotional center of the brain, the amygdala, uh, we're able to remember things. So like when you were in your 20s or Twenties or thirties, don't you remember like the song that you? Oh yeah, yeah. I I still play them sometimes. Yeah. Well, I know Mm -hmm. you love music. You know, music is emotion, and it's the mood. It is the mood. I will tell you. I think you'll really appreciate this. Um, A friend of mine sent me this incredible video of a woman who had dementia, uh, and she was a, I think, like a premier ballerina. Um, They showed her a video of her as the ballerina and she started she heard the music and started doing the movement oh, it was perfect. so beautiful so it just goes to show that uh, the memories that are associated with music because it's emotional uh, are the ones that are some of our strongest listen to more coast to coast am every weeknight at 1 a.m eastern and go to coast to coast am.com for more